everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your birthday boy veteran, Donnie. I'm your one step closer to becoming a veteran, Frank. And today we are going to be doing our first anniversary episode. Ooh. We, we've made enough. Mm. I don't want to say we made it through. Mm. We still got quite a bit, but honestly, we're <laughs> almost done with three seasons. Basically done with three seasons at this point. Are we like a third of the way through the show? Or is it like a fourth? No, I think we're more like a fourth. Because okay. there's like, I, I think it's like, what, 11 seasons? I think if we start including like Degrassi Next Generation plus the Degrassi when they drop the Next Generation, I think we are more toward a fourth. Gotcha. But hey, I mean, still, like that's nothing to sneeze at. I... I guess that also kind of speaks to doing it weekly. Like, I feel like we've been able to kind of consume this a lot more rapidly, um, which is good in many ways, because this is a long endeavor to have. Yeah, it's a long, long episodes that we record. I know, right? But I mean, all that said, I mean, we made it through a year and things like that, and we did want to have this episode to be more like reflection and doing some goofy stuff and like kind of just celebrating getting through a significant chunk of this series, getting through a year of working on this podcast. Um, because it's just, I don't know, why not celebrate? I feel like sometimes, especially this season and second season, there's such heavy shit that happens in this series and it's easy to get bogged down and spend two hours picking apart, like, really depressing shit. So, like, why not refocus, recalibrate, think about how much we do enjoy doing this podcast, how much we do enjoy watching the show week in, week in and week out, and just kind of, you know, just have fun. Enjoy each other's company. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the big thing that I have really taken away from the past year. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, we are friends. We've been friends for a while at this point. But, you know, like, you see each other. You hang out with each other. It's usually in a group setting. You don't really get to, like, you know... Like, I'd say we were more, like, we were fr- fr- very friendly with each other, but it was very casual acquaintance. Exactly. Like, the most time we spent was when we'd go to anime conventions and spend the entire time in the hotel room. But even then, like, everyone would just split off and do their own things, but then we'd come back together and it was like, yeah, but... Exactly. It's like, there's a fondness, and hopefully that's clear when we recorded in the earlier episodes. Like, we're definitely friends, but I feel like... Because of the nature of this podcast and just the nature of podcasting, I feel like eventually, like, you know, it begins, you begin to share really personal stuff that, you know, <laughs> you know, an audience listens to, but also more importantly, like, you are having an exchange with a friend about it. Yeah, we've, you know, learned things about each other. Like, I didn't know you were as awkward a teen as I was back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's what I I wanted out of this podcast from the start like I really wanted it to be a reflection on being a teenager because like obviously we're not teenagers anymore I don't want to pretend that we are I work (laughs) with teenagers quite a bit way more than probably most people and a lot more than many of the guests that have been on the show um but ultimately like you know that is a time in the past and it's not always fun to dredge up those memories, but within the context of Degrassi, I feel like I'm always way more willing to. Because yeah, I think they go through worse stuff than I did. Or, like, 
Yeah. Like, sometimes... I mean, like, yeah, obviously, sometimes they go through worse stuff than I did. But also, it's just like... You just sit back like, oh, that stuff. Yep, exactly. And it's like, I'm kind of neck and neck with some of the kids in terms of some of the stuff that I've been through. But ultimately, like, there are just moments that ring so real, so true, so embarrassingly so. And, like, it's it's sometimes... Because, like, I mean, high school's been a little while. It's easy to kind of forget certain details. And sometimes you watch an episode, you have, like, a flashback in the middle of it. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember being in this situation. Shit. God damn it. There's not, there's not enough D&D playing for me to really consider this, like, a true high school experience, though. That That is fair enough. I did not do tabletop gaming until I was much older. So, like, I, I am less feeling that. But I do agree. I feel like it's something that... Potentially could have been explored, obviously. Yeah, I did it once in college, then not until many years later. Yeah. It was I, a bad experience. Ugh, I can imagine. I don't know, I've been very lucky. <laughs> okay. No. I'm just thinking, can you? Because the experience was, I went out to get up some water, and the guys opened up, I, it was in their, like, garage, and, like, the other three dudes had been apparently been like, hey, I have an idea, let's scare Frank. So they opened up the garage door... And all three of them had t-shirt ninja'd themselves. Oh! What and does that mean? They, like, took their t-shirts off and made them into, like, ninja masks. Oh, yeah, Kirsten's in the background, just so y'all know. And they started yelling at me, and I got really scared, but, like, my fight-or-flight reflex is fight until I can flight. So I knocked three of them down, and then just, like, ran back to the house. They weren't there. I was like, well, they're dead, and ran to my car and drove off. Frank, can I... <laughs> Frank, can I ask you a question? Yes. Were they straight... Of course. This is your problem because you play tabletop <laughs> games with straight people. I'm not saying I'm not saying of course because that's all the, the kinds of people I hang out with. But like, only straight dudes are that horribly vic- like vindictive and cruel, <laughs> right? Like it's just like I I feel like my experience with tabletop gaming. Like I'm glad I waited only because like pretty much every situation I've ever done tabletop gaming barring the few straight kids who sign up to do tabletop gaming when I run it in my, like, programming, like, are all, like, LGBTQ. <laughs> it's like, we we don't deal with this nonsense. Everyone makes, like, weird-ass animals. Everyone's trying to hit on, like, NPCs and all is well. Like... How do you deal with that with middle schoolers? Oh, God, my middle schoolers... Kirsten's asking about, uh, like, what do you do with the middle schoolers? My middle schoolers are upset. Like, I have a middle schooler who was, like, obsessed with flirting with, like, one of the NPCs. And, And I was, like, on one hand, like, I understand this kid's trying to create gay content. On the other hand, I did have a conversation with her that was, like, look, like, I support you in creating LGBTQ rep. Like, that is why we do tabletop gaming. And we, you know, we recreate a world that we want to see. However, do keep in mind, I'm still the instructor and there's certain lines you can't cross. So, you know, I let her say, like, you know, give compliments to the character, give the other character hugs and things like that. But ultimately, like, I'm very firm in, um, in the sense that I'm just like, okay, guys, like, you can't. You can't make this weird. I also don't let them, like, sometimes they try to hit on characters, and I'm like, you can't hit on a character if they don't have a way out. That bartender you're trying to hit on, not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Taking a note from you, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Which I took a note from the McElroy's. Yeah. 
But anyway, and it wouldn't be uh, Degrassi. Uh, hope I hope I can make it through episode of uh, Divergence. So I True enough. No, 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 no. It was it was a good one. But yeah, <laughs> but now I'm just you know, uh, you're gonna hear some of us doing uh, some of our favorite lines from the show itself. But like we've been, we were talking about like one of our our favorite lines from the show, and mine one of mine is still kindness is a gay trait. <laughs> kindness is a gay trait. Which was coined by Gwendolyn in early on in season one when we were just starting to have guests on this fucking show is still one of my favorite favorite quotes. I'm I don't know what else I would pick in terms of like I guess like oh god like there's so many just like weird little moments that kind of happen because like because like I mean if you followed the show from the beginning you know like we spent a sub- substantial chunk of the first season alone. Yeah. Which. I don't think it's bad. It, yeah, no, it wasn't. It's not bad, but like, I definitely feel like when we have multiple voices on the podcast, it definitely improves ranks. I I agree. I agree. I I I just kind of like it's it's interesting because I was I was um listening to like the first episode in particular. Man, that's a that's an experience. I just spoke in broken sentences. <laughs> that was my takeaway from listening to the first episode. Like I literally would just say half a sentence. Well, that's kind of the that was the thing. Like Susie and I, like for my other podcast because I I'm now three years into podcasting. Mm-hmm. For my that Susie and I did sixteen candles as our first episode, and that kind of helped us nail down like okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is the structure of the show, but we, we couldn't really do that. We couldn't really just kind of, like, throw away the first two episodes. Right. So we just had to, like, get started. And that was, like, I, I really feel like at the beginning of those early episodes, you can kind of hear us feeling, like, feeling each other out. Mm-hmm. But now we're like, okay, we get each other more. Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm not saying, I'm still, I'm trying, I'm working on not saying as much problematic stuff, and I think I've gotten better, but, like... I you have. You know, I've just, like, listened to some of those old episodes, and I was like, oh boy, that's something I regret. <laughs> I mean, I think that also kind of speaks to, like, there's there's a couple things I wanted to kind of point out in that. Number one, um, it's amazing to me how much, like, podcasting, like, you think, like, oh, I'm just going to shove a mic in front of me and I know how to talk. Like, I've done public speaking for, for most of my life at this point. I teach, so, like, I, and, like, I work with youth and things like that. Like, I, I spend a lot of my time talking to people, talking to an audience, and yet that doesn't quite prepare you for podcasting. It is different because it's like you still have to have a conversation and it's not as clipped as giving instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still have to make sense that people can listen to you. So it, it isn't easy. Like, you can learn it, obviously, and you get better at it the more you do it, but just because you've spent a lot of your life talking to people does not necessarily mean that you're great at it the first go around and that was interesting to me listening to the first episode but what I also want to speak to is just kind of like I feel like it's interesting also being able to look at this literally weekly watching us grow together and also kind of learn how to articulate some of these issues that we are having with the content because I feel like it's a balancing act, right? Because we are looking at a piece of media that came onto the scene in the early 2000s. Well, later than that, earlier than that, if we're going to include the original Degrassi. But for intense, all intents and purposes, right now, we're looking at the next generation. It started in the early aughts. 
a lot has changed in how we create media and how we as a society view a lot of these topics and talk about a lot of these topics. And it's very interesting because it's like trying to straddle this line. And I think sometimes we still kind of get into a hole when, mm-hmm. we, when we get, we get like really hyper-focused and we get like really caught up on certain concepts. But also it is kind of this weird balancing act that we're having where it's like, you know, we want to criticize things. We want to point out these issues. But also we do want to say like, look, sometimes the show does get it right. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's getting it right in a way that I would still recommend certain episodes. I would still say they handle certain concepts better than a lot of media does even today. Yeah, and I feel like the... Um, I feel like for all the shit we give the writers like of the show, we give them a fair amount of shit, which mm-hmm. they deserve. I do feel like it's one of the more realistically written teen shows. Yes. Because, like... Um, I feel like a lot of shows now, uh, like, the teens are so quick-witted and so just, like, clever. And I'm not saying teens can't be those things. They but are, for sure. Who the fuck is like that as a teenager? But, like... <laughs> yes, yes, who the fuck is like that as a teenager? That's true. But, like, you know, this show has them being awkward and stuttery and they don't always say the right thing. They generally don't say the right thing. And it also lets moments take their time, which I really appreciate. Yes. Which I don't feel like you get in newer shows where it's just like, oh, there's one beat, boom, move on to the next one. We have to, like, we have stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. For all of, like, the moments in Degrassi that, or characters in Degrassi that I find are underdeveloped, the piece of it, like, it, especially, and we'll talk more about this when we wrap up season three and things like that. We don't want to go too much into nuts and bolts of these seasons themselves with this episode. It, it feels a lot of the time like it is trying to do a serialization. It's trying to tell a narrative and it's going to take some time or it's going to return to a theme. It, while I do think sometimes it suffers from what other teen dramas do where like a character suddenly, like Sean suddenly might be an alcoholic and things like that. I do think that when they're really trying to do something right, it's a thread that keeps getting picked up again. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Craig being an abuse survivor while sometimes, like, in, in season three, doesn't always get handled quite in the way I want it to, it does come back. Like, you know, Ellie self-harming does come back. Like, a lot of these concepts keep... They they are allowed to grow and develop within episodes where it's a spotlight, but also it's a thread that they're going to pick up again. Meanwhile, I feel like a lot of... And I think this also speaks to how media is made now. I think a lot of it is trying to keep up with YouTube, basically. So it's very, like, rapid fire. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of media is like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, basically, like, sensory overload in terms of what you're seeing, what they are doing. Like, the visuals are a certain way. The scenes are jumping a certain way. Um, and, and it's nice going back into Degrassi where things slow down a little bit. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do wish that more teen media did ease up a little bit on this, but I do wonder how much of this is just like, this is how we're going to appeal to, to Gen Z. This is what they want. They want things happening all the time. And, and I don't know how much of it actually needs to be that way. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, like, I've noticed. I mean, we had a guest, Erica, who was younger, um, go on the show and speak to watching Degrassi at like a pretty young age and really liking it. I know high school students slash 
kids who recently graduated high school who watched Degrassi in some capacity. They weren't as obsessed as, like, I was, um, but they still watched all of it. So, like, I think there's something there in the way that they tell a story. I think there's something worth talking about in that still. Um, but I do appreciate kind of the way that things slow down a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I'm just going to speak to the fact that, like, a year ago, I barely knew what the show was. Yeah, right. Like... It was just this thing. I kept hearing Degrassi, Degrassi, Jane, Saul, and Bob were on there. Why? Who knows? <laughs> well, it's where Drake cut his teeth. Okay, cool. And now it's just like, no, it's, it's in me now. <laughs> right? It's a part of you. It's like... I find myself, like now, when I'm... It's, it's changed my writing. Like, it's changed a lot of things, Ooh. the way I look at the media I'm making. Like... You know, I, I'm, um, now, like, when I'm looking at teen girl talk show, uh, teen girl talk movies and shows, I'm like, you know, they did that in Degrassi, they did that in Degrassi too, and it's just wondering, like, how far do those roots go? Like, cause this, it's very clear why this show was so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it, you know, as we said, wish it was better in parts, but it was just like, I, part of me is just like, I feel like I'm richer for having delved three seasons into this and continuing on to see where it's going to go from here. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't kind of get this before. Like, I didn't kind of get non-science fiction and fantasy young adult, and now I do. And now, like, you know, I can see, like, how to break certain tropes in fun ways mm-hmm. that, like, this show, you know, kind of invented. Like, oh, you have, you know, the Canadian bad boy, Sean. Like, oh, he's actually a sweetheart, but, like, in a very interesting way. Like, you have the mean girl, but she's mean in a very interesting way. And it's just, like, my writing's more than it was. And, like, you know, the way I look at things is more than it was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you mention that because I do think that Degrassi deeply influenced how I write as well. But of course, for me, I was watching this when I was a kid. And I feel like when I look back on how I write and how I approach characterization and things, I think Degrassi and like Hey Arnold are kind of the two pieces. <laughs> but I think they're very similar in this sense in, in, in the way that there's like a huge ensemble cast, right? And you do have kind of this main character of sorts but the story isn't afraid to kind of explore other characters interiors and exterior lives and it's not afraid to kind of subvert and push things in a slightly different way and you know look at family structures and look at you know school and and different ways that kids relate to it like I find that as somebody who writes a lot of teenaged characters and young adult characters in general like, this, this is a touchstone I feel like I've always kind of gone back to. Um, what I will say as a veteran, something that is very interesting for me to revisit during the past three seasons is, one, I'm revisiting at least, like, season one, I barely watched. Like, I think I only watched through it maybe once or twice outside of, like, another, outside of the time, like, I was in between jobs that I watched, like, all of it, like, all of Degrassi. Um... It was interesting kind of visiting seasons that I'm a little, like, fuzzy on. Especially because, like, I, I kind of wrote off season one in many ways. 
and when I would rewatch chunks of, of the series when it was like in syndication and stuff, I was kind of like, well, Mark was not in it. Ellie's not in it. <laughs> like Craig's not in it. Like, I'm not going to watch this. Like, bye. Um, oh, it's a spinner episode. Got some important YouTube videos to watch. <laughs> right. But like, that was kind of the thing. It was like, I would just be like, oh, whatever. So I've had to kind of look at that season. Um, and as I was like pulling quotes for reenactment, there is something very charming about it. It's not strong. I don't think it's a very great... It's not a great season. No. <laughs> but it's incredibly charming in a way. Like, some of the quips and some of the, like, you know, exchanges in it. It's it's very, like, trying to find its feet. It's still kind of endearing in a weird way. I remember that's back when Toby was a focus. And, like, we just kept saying everything's about Toby. God, right? And Toby was funny because he was the straight man to JT who was not funny. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was interesting kind of revisiting visiting it but as a veteran it's there's a lot of things happening i i'm finding that certain things resonate with me more now than they did as a kid and i think a lot of that just has to speak to like my life experience because you know when you're still trying to figure shit out yes like characters like marco were really important to me characters like ellie were really important to me (laughs) but like now i'm like oh 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 dear wow like, this hits me in a way that, like, it, it's just, like, they hit me more now, which is interesting because, and obviously, I'm not a teenager anymore, and yet these teenagers, like, they, they make me want to cry sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing because I just remember the huge build-up to Marco. Right. Oh, my God. From, like, I think from, like, the third or fourth episode, I remember you saying, like, like then there's Marco. I can't wait for us to get to Marco. I'm like, what? who is Marco? Does he come from Mexico? What is happening? <laughs> But then, like, Marco did arrive, and I'm like, yes, I understand. Well, I mean, like, I understand for my part. I love Marco. <laughs> well, Marco holds up, and, like, that's the piece, I think, about the series that I'm still so, like, fascinated by, is that still to this day, like, one of the strongest examples of, like, a teenage, like, like a gay teenager uh, in visual media is still Marco. Like, he still holds up. Oh, I remember to, um... Oh, I think that thread's kind of gone. Because we were talking about a few episodes ago about um, LGBTQ representation in sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, the daughter of... Oh, excuse me. Um, one of the children of one of the main, three main women in The Good Girls is trans. Oh, cool. And there's a whole plot line about how they need money for... Um, treatments but like they they don't have it like they lost their money through crime of some kind i have not seen it i will check it out it's christina hendrix uh raya and um i want to say i look at Rislin, but i don't think it's Rislin, but it's a very good show i don't like it's a bit too heavy for me so mm-hmm. but um it's a very good show that's good to know I mean, like, are there examples? Yes. Are there ones that we could kind of go to? Yes. But I'm mostly with Marco, just fascinated with the fact that, like, this character, which was written in in an era where there was just such a lack of LGBTQ characters that were written as, like, unambiguously in, in teen media, visual media. There was quite a few YA books at this point is written in a way that's still, like, very compelling and true and real and relatable. Like, that's... I think the relatability is really what I'm very fascinated by with Marco. Yeah. Like, fine, okay, you make a gay character. Cool. Okay. Like, series have done that before. Wahoo. But there's something so real about him that I'm very, like... 
I'm still very surprised by. I'm still very taken aback by. And I think even Dylan has flashes of it, too. Like, I think that Dylan is obviously a love interest. He's structured in a certain way. You're meant to find him charming. You're meant to find him sweet. But he does have a couple moments where he's a little more snide or a little more um, more combative that I think that he's he's a different type, but he does still have this kind of relatability factor. He's, like... <laughs> For lack of a better term, like, he's a hunk, but, like, he's, you know, he's haunted in certain ways. Like, yeah. I, haunted hunk! He's a haunted hunk. <laughs> like, I, I remember that line he says to Marco of just, like, we've both heard worse than this. Yeah. And it's just, like, there's, they give Dylan, like, they give Dylan sweetness and, like, you know, hunk, like, hunk ability and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he also has, like, an old wisdom to him. Yeah, it's it's very much in the way that, like, like there is something to be said about, like, gay and or trans years. Where, like, basically, like, you you have your, your age. Like, you know, you're just your age. But there's also, like, kind of the age of being out and the age of being, like, you know, I, of your identity. And I think that Dylan and Marco really embody that dynamic in the sense that, like, Marco is clearly very young in his gay identity. He's still figuring shit out. He's still, like, exploring and doing that type of stuff. And Dylan is seasoned enough that he's been out. He's experienced what how people respond to him. He's experienced hate. He's experienced love, too. And, and you really see how that kind of happens in LGBTQ spaces where there are folks who ultimately or only maybe have a year or two apart but that year or two apart means like way more in the context of being out and being gay and things like that yeah um i do want to switch gears a little bit yeah sure because like that made me think of like a an idea of like at this point like what person is more kind of like resonates not really like for me, who's like not like really who's my favorite, but like mm. who kind of rings the truest for me out of all of them. Who, like, do you have an answer? I, I've been thinking on it, and honestly, um, Craig. Yeah. Like, n- I'm not I. I was not as successful as Craig was on the dating scene, <laughs> but like I do remember having these flirt. Like Craig feels like somebody like. Craig has like far too many emotions most of the time. Yeah, Craig is a a, a mentally ill person. Yeah. Like. So I, that's I feel like I really liked Craig from the beginning because I there were you know when I was younger there were days where I would be like super giddy at one moment and then just like super down another. And I, I'm not bipolar. Um, I'm just my therapist has kind of said I'm more genetically inclined to become depressed. But it's Interesting. Just, okay. Like, um, because I never went on like wild spending or drinking or binging sprees, yeah. so they can't really call it bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the thing is, just like I remember being like Craig and just caring so much about so many things that just I like, I would put all my energy into like one thing and like try and like keep things nice and settled and not, not, and never worked, but I remember being that, and, you know. So that's, I think, also why Craig's descent into kind of 
jackassery. Yeah, it kind of hurts a bit more because it's just like, you know, it's just like, no, you were my surrogate. Like, yeah, no. I put my faith in you. It's rough because it's like, Craig, I mean, this goes with any, like, any of these characters. It, it, when you watch them kind of in, like, I think even when you binge something, I, I think there's a big difference between binging a series and, like, kind of going week to week. And I feel like whenever I've watched Degrassi, like, it's never been in this way outside of, like, a couple seasons. Like, there's a couple seasons I watched episode to episode as they came out. But for the most part, especially, like, this earlier chunk, I kind of just watched them as they were on, you know, on Teen Nick on the end. So I would watch, like, you know, 12 episodes in one sitting or something ungodly like that. Because it was always during winter break. And my friends and I had nothing else to do because it was cold in Jersey. So we just watched the end in the basement for, like, hours. Noggin. So, so, um, <laughs> yes, noggin, yes, noggin, the end, Teen Nick, whatever it was at that point. <laughs> Snick. Snick. No, I don't think it was on, I don't know if it was on Snick. But, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to be included. I understand. <laughs> Let's go to the roundhouse. Anyway. Because <laughs> it's all that. <laughs> Anyway, um, what ends up happening is, like, you, you lose a lot of the nuance and a lot of that, that you don't get the descent. You just get these, like, amorphous moments. So, like, it, 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 it happens sometimes when I, I've tried to write about the series in a couple pieces and I've tried talking about the series. Sometimes you get so, like, jumbled. Because it's like, you could even try and say, like, well, this kid is, like, a popular kid, but actually last season they were a bully, but this time they're an outcast. And, like, you know, they go through so many iterations. And, and it's weird, my feelings toward Craig, I, I've admitted, like, I have a big bias toward him, but that's because, like, I emotionally, like, felt so much for him during When Doves Cry. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just, like, hit me in a way that was so... I mean, it, those, those episodes are still so well done. Mm-hmm. They still hold up. And, and it's like, those are moments, there are moments in those episodes that legitimately, like, I, I could not, I could... I have spent years, I haven't seen those scenes, and then revisiting them, I, like, I remembered everything. I remembered, like, every line, and how it was portrayed, and how it was filmed, and all that type of stuff. In terms of a character that resonates with me now, I feel like, ultimately, in combinations of Craig, Ellie, and Marco, I think, at this point in my life, I feel like I am a lot of Ellie, Mm-hmm. In the sense of, like, you know, just trying to power through even though things are on fire. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, like, you know, not always treating yourself with the kindness that you deserve, but trying to just push through and do professionally what's best for you. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing about Ellie that I, I kind of picked up on as a kid, but now that I'm in, like, a professional, very professional situation, I really feel in the sense that you have this this person who's always trying to think of, like, the the end goal, right? Like, she is trying to get a way out, and she's trying to be a... But it's not just, like, I want to go to college so I can leave home. It's, I want to be a journalist. This is what I have to do to be a journalist. I'm going to do this co-op. I'm going to do... I'm going to work with this, like, you know, high-profile person. I'm going to write for the school newspaper. And, like, how she's constantly doing that, and she's putting herself on the line all the time, and potentially losing social points, right? This is a girl who was recording Sean to try and get it, like, trying to get a confession out of him. Like, she is willing to go in a way that most people, not just teenagers, most people don't necessarily go. 
And I think that's the part about Ellie that's really hitting me in this rewatch. I think that Marco, in many ways, was who I was in high school. Uh, especially the idea of, like, you know, being the good kid and, like, you know, trying to do what's best and not always hanging out with the kids that were going to do the good thing, but you were going to try and, like, stay in the middle of the road as much as you could. Um, but I think that there's themes in Ellie's, Ellie's life and her trajectory that I'm really relating to this time around. I think Craig also, to a certain extent, and I think some of it has to do with, like, not always knowing how to apologize and then trying to learn how to take accountability and trying to get better at it. I think that's something that I personally have struggled with a whole lot. I think that some of those themes are also coming up, but I think ultimately the overall character is Ellie. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot. I mean, obviously we could talk more nuts and bolts, but obviously we're going to save that more for when we talk about season three and things like that. But I think ultimately, like, I'm just glad that I've been in on this experience. I've been on this experience with you. And, um... It all started with a text message. Right? Right? <laughs> Thank you for uh, following up on that. Well, I was really particular. I really wanted somebody who hadn't seen the series. Because, like, I, I feel like if it was just, like, me... And let's be real. If I got somebody else to talk about the series who had already seen the series, there I wouldn't... I would... I don't have, like, the humility to have somebody who had opposing opinions to me. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, somebody who's like, I think Marco's annoying. <laughs> like, go away. How dare you. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I, I don't have that level. I'm not that humble. Like, I can't do that. So. I, like, I think we were, my friends and I were um, shopping at, like, the outlet stores. And, like, Degrassi got brought up somehow. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've never seen that show. And... Our mutual friend Chris was just like, oh yeah, like Donnie wanted to, would you be willing to do a podcast about it? I'm like, I mean, I guess, like, and explain what you wanted to do. So I said, he's just like, hey, Chris said you wanted to do this podcast about Degrassi. I've never seen it before. Five seconds later, yeah, I do. I was, I like, was very excited. All right, cool. I was very excited. Um, I don't know. It's just like. I mean, like you said, like, it, it's one of those things that, like, you know, it is such a part of, of culture in many ways. It's such a part of, like, because, like, I just remember when Next Generation, like, it, it hit, like, a fever pitch in, like, I was, like, I was one of those kids that read a lot of, like, magazines growing up and, like, would read a lot of, like, th like you know, things that reviewed media. And I remember them always talking about Degrassi. And, like, you know, some of it's, like, bullshit, like, Entertainment Weekly. Like, let's be real. That's not really highbrow. But I read it every single week it came out. And I remember it talking about certain episodes and things like that. And, like, commending the series for talking about it in the way that they do. And, and I just remember being like, oh, wow. They're like, that's really fucking cool. Like, it was something that was legitimated by, by critics. It was legitimated by media analysis. And still is in many ways. And... I don't know. It's it's something worth visiting if you haven't. And I'm really glad that you took it on. I'm also really glad some of our guests have been willing to, of like you know, take it on and just kind of be like, oh, like let me give it a shot for an episode. Let me see what happens. I also, <laughs> I also love how many um, guests end up getting invested and then they come back and they're like, wait, what happened? No. <laughs> No, what do you mean they broke up? What do you mean this person did this? No! <laughs> who was mean to Marco? Let yeah, me right? find out who they are and destroy them. Right? Like, it's really funny, like, how people check in. Because I think there's something to be said about these characters. I think they're interesting. I think they're worth 
being I, attached to. I think they remind me of people I went to high school with more than anybody else I've watched shows about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I, I think one of the main reasons is because they're using, using, using actual kids to portray these people. Exactly. Like, like they, it's not that weird feeling that you're like, I don't know, it's just like, I understand, you know, I, I understand why people cast up for teen roles. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we can... <laughs> I'm watching a nine, I'm watching an early aughts, like, teen movie, and, like, all these motherfuckers look like they're going to, like, start talking about their 401k at any moment. <laughs> but, like, it, I, I get why they people do it, and I understand the pros of not having, like, children on your show. But, like, there's something about it, like, the way that they're so gawky and wide-eyed and awkward and, like, you know, does that sometimes mean that their acting isn't the top-notch? Sure. But, like, ultimately, like, I feel more watching them. I like watching them grow up. I like that each and every season we kind of see how they've grown a little more, gotten a little (laughs) taller, tried out a new hairstyle, you know, doing weird shit. Like, I feel like, I feel like the Degrassi kids are actually able to be weird like weirdos i feel like a lot of other takes on teens they're so glossy so perfect so and like you know we can make further discussion about why it's like that and and the pressures of being a teen and how the pressures of being a teen and looking a certain way gets more ramped up has been more ramped up in recent years but also like there is something so very charming about all these characters because of how weird they look the fact that they have acne the fact that like you know they got weird-ass hairstyles, weird fashion choices. Like, they're not perfect, and they're not supposed to be. You know, it also, I guess, having not watched the show, it makes me realize, I think back in the day, I thought, like, Harry Potter was the first one to be like, we're going to stick with these kids through the whole way. Mm-hmm. You are going to grow up with these children. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, imagine me watching the show and growing with these yeah. these this crew like it, it was an experience i i grew up with with uh this crew and it was very wild kind of living through it and experiencing it but i do commend the series because i feel like even when i was a teenager there were quite a few series that i was watching and i would just be like this is bullshit like i'd be like i like this but this is bullshit and i feel like this one while there are moments later on in the series that I think they lose their way a little bit, for the most part, especially in this era, I felt very much like, oh, yeah, no, that's real, that's true. I get it. I feel it. Mm. Which I really appreciated about the series growing up, but I still appreciate now. Yeah. But, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like now we should definitely do some thank yous. Yeah. I mean, a big thank you, I want to thank you, Frank. For going on this endeavor, um, it's it's been a of our live studio audience. Um, it's been an absolute blast working with you every single week. I mean, there are stretches of time where like you're like the only friend that I see sometimes, and I I, I really do appreciate it, and I like knowing that every single week, like you know, I am gonna see you, I am gonna be able to talk to you for an extended period of time. It's not just like a hi bye type of situation. Like we get to get closer and talk about things because like I assume it's obvious by now. I genuinely enjoy talking about this shit. I like having these types of conversations, and obviously, like you know. Life doesn't always let you be able to have that. 
you know, shit happens, life happens, you're not always able to just sit down and analyze a piece of media for two hours. So I really appreciate that we're able to, every single week. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for being the Star Wars captain of this ship, because, like, the structuring, the, like, and anything that is actually, like, keeping this ship, the ship, like... Kind of the way it is. It was all Donnie's idea. Oh, like, shucks. The, the wrap-ups, the mid-season breaks, like... Hi, right, right, Captain. All that... Mm. <laughs> my ca- oh, Captain, my Captain. Oh, shucks. Um, from the beginning, it was just like, Donnie put that down. So the show, you know, if you love it, it's because of the way Donnie structured it. If you hate it, it's because of the way Donnie well, structured it. Well, stop listening. Like, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of other podcasts to go listen to. Um... That's true enough. Um, but please listen. Yeah, please but tell please, your friends. But please be please here. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Please be here. We love you. Um, I also want to thank... I'll the, pander. I don't give a shit. Right. I also want to thank the guests. I mean, we have two guests in the room right now. We have Kirsten and Gwen, who are going to be helping us out with reenactments and stuff. And obviously, like, you know, thank you so much to all, to to you guys. Thank you especially to Gwen, because Gwen a lot of the time kind of comes in in the 11th hour. Like... Gwen, Thanks, Gwen. Gwen has a couple episodes that, that they, you know, say, hey, I want to be on this episode. Like, they wanted to, to follow Terry to the ends of the earth and things like that. But reached it. <laughs> yeah, I know, they've reached it. But, like, a lot of the time, Gwen jumps in kind of last second because of various reasons, scheduling issues, things like that. You know, life happens, included, happens with our guests as well. So sometimes Gwen will watch it literally like an hour or two before recording and then kind of jump in. So... Thank you very much to Gwyn for being willing to kind of jump in. And there's a couple other guests like this. Jazz also sometimes jumps in when we need someone. Um, and there are other folks who have had to, you know, gotten pretty limited notice. And then were just like, hey, I'm going to do it. Kirsten had this happen a week or two ago, too. And I just really want to spotlight those guests. But I also want to spotlight the guests who have been on here, whether it's one episode, multiple episodes, um, whether it was because you really wanted to be on a certain episode, you picked it. Or, you know, you just were kind of like, give me whatever. Like, we really appreciate all of you. It's legitimately made the experience improve significantly. I think it's become a better quality podcast because of it. And I think that everyone has brought something unique to the table. And that goes for everyone. And I really want to emphasize this because I know some people are like, oh, I've never seen Degrassi. I don't know if I want to appear on it, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, like, the newbies have been a blast like the veterans are great don't get me wrong the veterans have a lot of experience their knowledge and sometimes they know certain nuances of the fandom that i don't really remember and things like that but i feel like the newbies bring this this these fresh eyes to the show and are sometimes like wait what the fuck (laughs) or like oh i like that one um i have no context i like that one (laughs) and and i love their their newer energy i think it's really fun um and adds the experience. So every guest, whether you've been on for one, a ton, whether you're new or not, um, it's been really great. And I can't wait to see who appears, whether they reappear or if they are new as we make our way to season four. Um, I also want to thank everyone who supported the podcast so far. Um, those of you who have left reviews, obviously, like, that means a whole lot, whole lot, a lot to, lot to, lot to us. Um, and people who have retweeted, reblogged, um, have, you know, given feedback in various ways. Um, someone that I really want to spotlight right now is someone who has been super supportive of us, um, 
and they are on Twitter at um, Ljuinenzon, um, which I hope I'm pronouncing your Twitter handle correctly, and I apologize if I am not. Um, this person has been super supportive of the show pretty much since day one, um, and has been given very has been given giving us consistent feedback throughout the episodes, as well as some really excellent thoughts during it. Um, and has also schooled me on Toronto geography and things like that. Um, so thank you so much for all of your support for the show. It has definitely been noticed um, and appreciated throughout this year. And I can't wait to see what else you have as a take, whether it is um, schooling me about how big Toronto is or giving me the horrifying question of if Emma would be a turf which is the scariest Ooh. premise that I've ever had to contemplate, but not one that I think can wholly be ignored. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. I wish I was as naive as you sometimes, Frank. Oh, I found out what stands means. Oh, how do you feel? I mean, it's a reference to the Eminem thing, isn't it? Yep. Ew. A lot of people forget that. I just thought it was like extreme fan. Well, Stan was an extreme fan. Stay on the extreme. Yeah, that's why I don't use it because I'm like, guys, this is like a really fucked up song. (laughs) Neither here nor there. But um, thank you everybody who has supported the podcast so far. Um, Obviously, like I love hearing from you guys. I relay anything to Frank that is not spoilery. Um, (laughs) So definitely, please continue. Um, I don't know if you have anybody else you'd like to specifically thank, Frank. Um. I'll thank all our I'll thank all our guests again. Um, I'm going to put in some individual thanks uh, for each of our guests towards the end. Um, but no, I, I think I'm good. Yeah, I want to thank, thank you. Thank you for our fans. Thank you for everybody listening. Thank you for everybody who left a review. And uh, hopefully, you'll keep sticking through with us. Oh wait, one more. I I want to thank Dahlia. For for feeling for being the most assertive guest we've ever had for someone who can't speak. Um, she can speak. That's rude of you. She she chooses not to, and yet she makes herself her presence known every fucking episode. So shout out to Dahlia. Yeah, my jeans. Thank you for all those fan new holes. <laughs> Mine too, but um. Jeans, Frank, designer jeans. Uh, outlet jeans. <laughs> But yeah, thank you everybody for your support. Um, I can't wait to see what the next year brings. Um, and we hope that you're going to be there with us. Yep. All right. Later. Boo, Boo bitch, bitch, here, here we, we come. come. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Welcome to Degrassi reenactments. <laughs> so we figured we'd do something really goofy, which was go through the quotes section of the freaking wikia for the pat for the first three seasons. Pull out the most ridiculous quips I could find and see what we could do with the recreations of some of them. Keep in mind, I have not rewatched any fucking episode to get any of the nuance of the way that these are said. We are going to see how it goes. I don't think Kirsten, you've seen half these episodes. I have not. So we're gonna we're gonna go where wherever our hearts take us for this sequence, and it's gonna be a time. <laughs> All right. Hey Dahlia. Hey Gwen. Dahlia, you're gonna do a reenactment. All right. Um. So, uh, <laughs> who wants to start? Which one do we want to do first? Okay. All right, I got one that I can do real quick. 
Poetry is crime. No idea how to rhyme. Stupid waste of time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Can do... Anyone want to do the uh, condom exchange with Jimmy and Spinner? What is it? What, what episode? Season one, episode six. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, who do you want to be? <laughs> they're both winners. I know they're both winners. You can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, I am okay with whatever. I'm literally have no shame. I will do any. I feel the secondhand embarrassing embarrassment. <laughs> Emanating. Emanating. Okay. I will, okay. I'm Jimmy. Okay, I'll do Spinner then. Okay. Wait, do we just start? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. For, uh, for our anniversary, Ash wants to give me the ultimate gift. A Ferrari? You're such an idiot. No, what Juliet gave to Romeo. Oh, Ash wants to have sex? Man, you're gonna get some? You got some horseshoes up your butt. Yeah, cool, huh? <laughs> to mark this heroic occasion, I think you gotta get little Jimmy Jr. there a present. What? Condoms, you idiot. <laughs> Anyone want to do the uh, oldest brother's gay exchange with Paige and Ashley? I'll do it. Okay, who do you want to be? Uh, I want to be Paige. Okay. I'll be Ashley because I'm always full of, like, anger. <laughs> um, Ash... Have you ever wondered if your dad might be gay? It would explain a lot. Is that supposed to be a joke? No, hon. Ellipses. <laughs> Maybe you should just mind your own business for once, Paige. But my older brother's gay. Ash, I was trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, coming of age. Laura Collins is just like... Like, somebody's misusing my words. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, anyone who wants to do... Oh my god, can we do season two, episode six, Drive, aka That's a Bad Episode? Oh yes, oh yeah, I have subtitles for every episode. Yes, the, the Craig Spinner exchange, yes. or the Spinner Marco exchange, so both. both of them are fucking dumb. Both. Gwen, let me know if you want to jump in at all. I mean, <clears throat> I was going to, I wanted to do the... Rumors and Reputations. Sure. Episode 10, season 1. Hey, you want to grab my seat? That <laughs> involves everybody. It does. Oh, okay, let's okay. first. Oh, no, no, it's two separate ones. There's Emma. What do you think of Armstrong as a person? Teachers aren't people, they're teachers, which is my favorite line in this whole series. <laughs> Who do you want to be, Gwen? Liberty. Okay. Who wants to be Emma? I'll be Emma. Okay. Okay. Wait, who's JT? No, Those are two separate ones. Oh, okay. So we're... Okay. Liberty, I, I'm really sorry. Is there anything I could do to help? No. Emma, go back to saving rainforests and whales, because when it comes to people, you suck. <laughs> that was oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um, who wants to do the teacher one? Because I really want to say JT's line. What do you think of Armstrong as a person? Teachers aren't people. They're teachers. <laughs> God damn it. 
Oh, JT, you gotta stop calling people not people. <laughs> Teachers, strippers, you're an asshole. <laughs> right? Okay, let's go back to drive. Who wants to do the Craig and Spinner exchange? Wait, where is this? It six? is season two, two episode, episode six. six. Kirsten, I know you were interested. Is there anybody you want to be? Oh, um... Be I'll Craig, be I'll Craig. Be Spinner. Yeah. Good. Joey's gone for the weekend. All right, party. No party spin. Girls? No girls. Booze? No booze. Donuts. That we could do. <laughs> you guys are very good together, actually. <laughs> it's really cute. Who? Anyone want to do Spinner and Marco? Oh, I guess somebody's got to do that. I'll take Spinner. Okay. Marco, your mom's in the music business, right? She teaches piano, Spinner. <laughs> that's the music business <laughs> just just you know very very low um very low on that but, but low on the total pole but <laughs> that's the word i'm looking for uh let's go we can go back to the top eye of the beholder it's four people okay uh you got what episode uh season one episode four it's the <clears throat> first oh one. god <laughs> Alright, um... I'll be Emma. I'll be... Be Manny. Flip a coin, Frank! <laughs> I'll be... I'll bite the bull. I'll be JT. Okay. I'll be Toby, then. We would have been caught if it wasn't for Toby's smart, yet perverted curiosity. You guys stayed home to look at porn. Yeah, but it's a rite of passage. His dad and Kate came home early and made us look at sights with them. Ones with men. To teach us a lesson about objectifying women. They made you look at porn? With them? Male and female? Not so loud. Losers! Losers. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for hitting you, bud. Let's see. Now we need to do... There's the coming of age quote. Who wants to do that one? Bargain basement nose job. That's rough. Yeah, there's some rough, there's some rough stuff. That's, that's real rough. Damn. Um, let's see. Lead us, Donnie. What, you season want me to episode, be? Season episode, just, just pick. Okay, uh, season one, episode nine. Season one, episode nine. Episode I got Emma again. I love being Emma. <laughs> you're, you're very good at being Emma, which I don't know what that says. I'll be JT again. I'll be Quan. Okay. Oh, did Emmy pee her pants? No, I just got my period for the first time. You know, menstruation, something that happens to about 50% of the population. Perfectly normal. Nothing to be ashamed of. Right, Miss Kwan? Absolutely right, Emma. <laughs> now, I'm sure there's a Shakespearean passage about menstruation. Oh, I'll find it. I will find it. Don't worry. Um, season 1, episode 11. Who wants to be Paige? Episode. I always want to be Paige, but I always want to leave it open for, for folks. Well, I've got Emma again. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're just Emma. <laughs> I mean, I'll be Paige again. Sure, if you want. I've got that Manny one-liner. Sure. <laughs> Hun, your thing for Sean is more obvious than Heather Sinclair's bargain basement than O's job. Do you want my advice or not? Okay. Sean asked me to hang out with him tonight. Not go out. Hang out. I thought he might be asking me out on a date. Was I wrong? Hun, that's a date. 
Told you. Justin, guy speak. Vague, short, yes, no, grunt. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely qualifies, Emma. It's Sean we're talking about here. He's a one-syllable kind of guy. Oh, that was the episode I was on. Yep. Oh. <laughs> it all comes back. Season one, episode 12, wannabe. I want to be in this one. Ha ha ha. I'll be wanna either. Be... I'll be Paige. Ooh, I'll be Manny then. Manny, what's your damage? You, Paige! You better watch your mouth. Or you'll what? Spread lies about me? Deface my locker? Just try it. FYI, your attitude sucks. Good luck making the squad. Nice. <laughs> that was just sad. It was all sad. This is season one, episode 13. <laughs> Leotards. I got him. Sad band it is. Oh no, this one. Uh, so you have Emma. I'll be Sean. I'll be Manny then. Okay. <laughs> it's a poetic dance on an environmental theme, Sean. You'll love it. I don't dance. You don't have to dance. Manny and I will dance. I just want you to be the hunter. I don't wear leotards. We don't wear leotards, just black, like Panthers, and out of our basketball team. Yeah, and because they're endangered, it's our piece. We're gunned down by a hunter. It has a strong message. I don't hunt. <laughs> okay, um, for Jagger to fill, I'm calling dibs on Ashley. <laughs> That's fair. I want Spinner, the one line. <laughs> I'll be Jimmy. Um, page. Okay. You want to be a page? <laughs> you get the whisper ecstasy. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Hey. This is my kind of party. Jimmy, you're here finally. When did you decide to have a party? I thought your parents... Isn't this just incredible? Ash, you're burning up. Oh, I know. So hot in here. Have you been drinking? No. A, B, C, D, E. Ecstasy? Where'd you get ecstasy? Toby, JT, one of them. Do you know how stupid that is? Stop being so melodramatic. I'm having fun. You can too. You need to drink water and lots of it. I can't believe you could take E. Okay, calm down, Dad. Paige is right. Loosen up a little bit. Ecstasy? Ash, what? I'm going upstairs to the bathroom. I'll drink some water from the toilet. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, Ashley. Ugh, what a mess. <laughs> that fucked her up, right? Yeah, that, it, that, that, it that. made her a social pariah for yeah. like a whole fucking season and a half. Oh man, who wants to do the Jimmy and Toby exchange? It's like my favorite. <laughs> Jimmy and Toby. Jimmy and Toby. I'll be Jimmy. I guess I got Toby. Okay. There you are, Mr. Drug Dealer. What? Don't you know what E leads? I fucked that up. Let's start over. (laughs) Let's keep it going. Okay. There you are, Mr. Drug Dealer. What? Don't you know that E leads to harder things, like my fists? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't actually say that. I imagined him saying that <laughs> in that voice. <laughs> I know. Season two, episode two. When doves cry. 
page. Who's <laughs> gonna be JT? I'll be JT. Good. <laughs> I will be the poison masculinity. <laughs> Good. You got paid to go out with me? Sue me. <laughs> and that's it. That was good. <laughs> Season two, episode three. Oh, My favorite quote from this whole series. <laughs> oh, You've been saying that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Who wants to make the really uh, racist <laughs> comment? <laughs> Maybe not the best idea to quote this one. Fine, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I've said worse things on Teen Girl Talk. Well, not, no, I haven't, but like, to I've said weird fair, things on Teen Girl Talk. It's a fucking just stupid ass line. Also, it has to be Spinner. Uh, what? Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, it has to be Jimmy. Okay. I get it. I can't. I what? I guess it's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Be I, racist. That's fine. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to save you. I don't have a career. You do. Oh. <laughs> if somebody hears this, I'm Shit. fucked. <laughs> I get it. I can't dance because I'm white. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, it is. Polar bears are white. I'm white, and you're a racist. Okay. I'm not saying you can't dance because you're white. I'm saying you can't dance because you suck. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I can't do the weird science one. I'll do it again. Good. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is Spinner. Yeah. It's a one-liner. Yep. All I know is that I ate some healthy food. Now I'm like the sex Superman. Oh, I forgot about that. The I keep telling yourself that Spinner. This is when he just got a boner. He couldn't go away, right? Yeah, yeah I had a boner for the lunch lady, and then it was just. Oh boy. Season two, episode oh. eight. Show. Show. Let it all out. B o r i n g. Does that mean you want to be JT? Yeah, you're JT. Am I? <laughs> Donnie, you haven't done it in a while. Yeah, I'll be Liberty. You want one true thing, Liberty? You're boring. B-O-R-I-N-G. I'm stunned. JT spelled a word. You want another one? Fun. F-U-N. Something you wouldn't know if it came up, came up and bit you in the butt. I feel like you're having, this is a very cathartic moment for you, Kirsten. It, it just feels is. like you're just letting it rip, and I appreciate it. It's there. Oh. It's life. Does anybody mind if I be Ellie? Go for it. I'll be Ashley. I never liked anyone like this before. It's weird. It's love. It's not your business. Shut up. Oh my god, I love her. <laughs> I mean, who is she crushing on? Marco. Marco. Oh. Yeah. oh. Oh, I forgot about that plot line. Yeah. Uh, this is like one of my favorite lines from Degrassi ever. I'll, I'll be spitter for it. <laughs> for whatever reason, baby me, it made a lot of, a big impression on me. All right. Okay. Page. okay. Okay. Last night, I asked my mom what my culture was. She pointed to a globe and said I was from Earth. It's good to know. I had my doubts. Zing. Welcome to Earth. Earth. Season two. Okay, good. This is Paige. Um, AKA palm reading shenanigans. Either you tell me what you saw in my palm, or my nails get up close and personal with your face. 
That's it. Good. That was Terry, right? That was at Terry, yeah. Yeah. Um, season two, episode 18. Interesting. Oh, God. One, two, three, not it, noses. <laughs> Donnie. No! <laughs> okay, then I'm going to be Kendra. Oh, I thought that meant you had to be Toby. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'll be Toby. That's fine. It's like all bad. It is. <laughs> yeah. How, 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 how skip, skip, you can skip. Challenge by choice. Okay, we'll make this weird. I'll do it, Donnie. Okay. This is Kendra. How old am I? Twelve. And what grade am I in? Seventh. And you thought I'd have sex with you? Pervert. How old is Toby? He's a grade above. Oh, okay. That is kind of fucked up. Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. Well, it's, it, there's, there's a bit going on. He, he's getting kind of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's, but still. There's a lot going on. I do like still. that they're pointing it out. Yes. Um, season two, episode 20. Help, I'm stuck in a box. Does it say caution? Freak inside? I mean, I feel like that one had to be done by the siblings. Yeah, it did. I claim Jimmy in the next one. I just want to be Jimmy. I just want to be a dick. Uh, Y'all can take your choices the other three. I'll be Miss Kwan. Uh, I'll be Spinner. Okay. I'll see you in class, Gavin. Grade 9 English, that, that is. Go ahead and laugh. Laugh at the big dummy. No one was laughing, hun. Uh, I was. <laughs> Jimmy's such a dick in this I season. I love it. He's such an asshole. Like, you can really tell, like, how he's changed from the first season of being like, hey, don't do E to, I'm just gonna be an asshole to this guy. <laughs> I love him. I love how snide he gets. I'm calling Dibs on Manny. <laughs> Hell yeah. And don't forget the Donnie miscolored the last line. That's also you. I know. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did I? No. Yeah. M- Manny's red and oh, because there's two separate quotes. There is the Manny oh, Emma, and okay. then I changed the colors to be different complementary colors. Hmm. Right. Okay, sorry. It's okay. They are complementary. Do you see any visible underwear? Well, well oh shit! I just assumed. I'm sorry. It's Emma. Okay. I assumed I didn't hear no, it. No, no, you like, didn't claim it. That was a joke. Okay. Anyway, redo, redo, redo. This is why we have editing. Yay. Oh my god, the spikes in this episode. Christ. It's okay. It's okay. I can I can draw down the volume. Okay, y'all haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah, Donnie's doing it. Okay. okay. Do you see any visible underwear? Well, no. That's because I'm not wearing any. That is still the gayest exchange in this whole fucking series. I swear to shit. Anyway, Liberty Man and Continue. Manny. Want me to just do Liberty? Yeah, sure. Manny, are you aware that I can see your underpants? Are you aware that I don't care? Because I'm Manny and I don't give a fuck. This scene's not funny. This is just iconic. Oh, can we do this? Yeah, sure. Oh, gosh. Do you want to be Spinner or Marco? See, baby me would love to be Marco, but if you want to be Marco, I will give it to you. I am okay with either. I want to be Marco. Be Marco. 
<laughs> These spikes went from like big ones to just tiny little ones. <laughs> what are you doing? Leave me alone, Spin. You just walked out on your day with Hazel. I mean it, Spin. Please, back off. What's going on? Why did you... Why don't you understand? Why, that you're a psycho? You just walked out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls for your mom's pasta sauce. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. Oh yeah, well stop crying and explain it to me because obviously I'm a moron and I don't get it. It's because, Spin. Because what? It's because I'm gay. I like how Marco is very polite when he's telling Spinner to leave him alone. Please back off. He's a good Italian boy. <laughs> good Italian boy. <laughs> if he was from Jersey, he'd be like, if you don't mind, please go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> if he was from Jersey, it'd be too much. It would just be me. It just wouldn't be, it would, it would just be entirely just me. Uh, okay. Sean quote. I'll do this one. Okay. Relevant? Shakespeare's some old, dead white guy from 500 years ago. What does he know about my life? Nothing. That's it. Nice. <laughs> Next exchange. I feel like I've been doing a lot, so I'm gonna back out on this one, even though okay. it's super fun. Yeah. Well, we need you. No, 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 it's three. What about Manny? Manny's but, a separate quote. It's in black. Black oh, are single uh, or just one lines. Okay, well, you didn't put a space. I did, but then it would be a page break. It was in the middle of a page break. You wouldn't notice. Oh, because you're on, on mobile. digital, so, mobile, so you don't see that. Anyway, um, I'm going to not be Jimmy because I always want to be Jimmy. <laughs> so I will be Spinner. I'll be... Be Marco. Okay. Okay. See it naked la ladies doesn't burn my eyes out. Besides, I wasn't even looking at them. So what were you looking at? The drape spin. You know, the curtains. Huh? He was looking at the dudes. You're such an idiot. Okay, one more thing. No talking about the environment. The environment is not sexy. Do not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been directed at Emma. Yep. I can yeah, only, I that's the only explanation. Oh, for the next time we do a recording. Was that, wasn't her, like, coaching her how to have a date with, with Sean or somebody? With Chris. Chris, okay. Oh, we have to pull the quote of their first conversation. Oh, this is in season three oh, already. Yeah. yeah, okay. So then, Holiday, season three, episode 11. Uh, I'm sorry, I really need to do Spinner's Lines. That's fine. Who wants to be Craig? Hey, boo. Okay. What's it like being a stud? <laughs> Nerve-wracking. You have Ashley, gorgeous, smart, like a fine wine. Then you have Manny, cute, adorable, hot, like ice cream, but hot, very hot. What? <laughs> Spinner, you're I such need a... I need, to tend so I need to be Liberty in the next one, by the way. I'm going to... You know, I've done so many. I'm going to leave Sean? the last three to you guys. Yeah, sure, you can be, be Sean. Sean. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm edgy. I'm on fire. Liberty, you're about as edgy as a butter knife. I'm not interested in you, and I never will be. Got it? God, I desperately want to do Hug, hug the Homo Day. Um, but I cannot claim all the good gay quotes, so if anyone wants to be Dylan. I can be your spinner to your Dylan. Oh, great. What is this, Hug the Homo Day? I just care about you, man. Showing you some love. 
That episode was such a hot mess. It was. <laughs> it was. But I love it. Um, season three, episode 20. Alex. Who wants to be Alex? Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be Emma. You're always uh, Emma. You just I just want to be Alex. <laughs> you can be Alex. You you pigeonholing yourself as Emma. I'll be Emma. Okay. Alex, what is your problem? Well, let's see. Your personality, your clothes, your holier-than-thou attitude, you. You guys are so lucky that Alex is going to become a principal character. Yes! There's so much shit. Sorry, spoiler. She becomes a principal character. Oh, that, I, that was already known. Like, she just takes on the stage so much. Let me just quick roll this piece of paper. Throw it in your face. <laughs> right. Um, last one. I don't care. They're all good. Like I said, I'm taking a step out on these because I've done so many. Mm -hmm. I'll be Amy. Okay. Oh, God. Wait. I'll be Sean. Do you want to be Ellie, Gwen? Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't like me anymore. Amy, you dumped me. And he has a girlfriend. What are you, some kind of blood-sucking vampire? Oh, keep hanging on to my boyfriend and you'll find out. Hey everyone, Frank here. Here's some quotes we recorded with Jazz after we recorded an episode, and Nikki was also nice enough to give us some quotes as well that were done kind of solo. Uh, that'll close out this episode. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Alright, bye. Okay. I get it. I can't dance because I'm white. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, it is. Polar bears are white, I'm white, and you're a racist. Okay, I'm not saying you can't dance because you're white. I'm saying you can't dance because you suck. <gasps> <laughs> it's still so fucking good. You're so brutal. It's so good. Became his catchphrase that he just <laughs> everyone just punctuated every sentence with it. God, that would be a time. Jimmy too powerful. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> Thanks, Jazz. Liberty, I'm really sorry. Is there anything I can do to help? No, Emma. Go back to saving rainforests and whales because when it comes to people, you suck. Manny, what is your damage? You, Paige. You better watch your mouth. Or you'll what? Spread lies about me? Deface my locker? Just try it. FYI, your attitude sucks. Good luck making the squad. My Canadian accent is nothing. So that's great. There you are, Mr. Drug Dealer. What? Don't you know E leads to harder things? Like my fists? <laughs> oh, this was from my episode. I'm doing this one. I get it. I can't dance because I'm white. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, it is.
polar bears are white, I'm white, and you're racist. Okay, I'm not saying you can't dance because you're white. I'm saying you can't dance because you suck. I've never liked anyone like this before. It's weird. It's love. It's not your business, shut up. AKA, me at all times. Help, I'm stuck in a box. Does it say caution, freak inside? I officially have no idea what accent I'm doing. Do you see any visible underwear? Well, no. That's because I'm not wearing any. Damn, Manny, get it. What is this, hug the homo day? I just care about you, man. Showing you love. Fuck yeah, Spinner. Love who you love. Gay rights, said Spinner. Bye! Confusion is nothing new Flashback Warm nights Almost left behind Suitcases of memories Time after sometimes you Walking too far ahead You're